Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 205 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. This is Mike, I'm here with Danny, and tonight we're going to be discussing the new historical drama about Senator Ted Kennedy, Chappaquiddick. Danny, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, how about yourself? I'm doing great, thank you. You know, this movie, before we get too deep into it, uh, it stars... Well, it, it features Ed Helm and Jim Gaffigan, two well-known comedians, two comedians in yeah. serious roles. Correct. How do you feel about comedians sort of making this crossover into more serious fare? I love it. I think that, well, I, I guess we'll get into their performance performances later. But I think that that's interesting and exciting. And uh, I, I think that they both did well in the film so that I, I, I think it really lands. And I think it... It just makes it interesting. I love seeing things uh, where people are cast against their type. And uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the show before. I've always been a big fan of old-time radio. I don't know if you ever listen to old-time radio dramas on, like, Sirius XM or anything like that. But um, While you suck on a Werther's original? <laughs> I know. I know how this makes me sound. Just, hey, we're gonna have drink to, whole milk? We're, we're going <laughs> to carnation. We're going to have to get over it for a second, but... Um, Sweet and condensed milk. My, my absolute favorite old-time radio show is a show simply called Suspense, and it ran for like 40 years on CBS, from like the 30s through the 60s. And the whole premise of the show, it was almost, yeah, I mean, it was a suspense show. It was almost like a 30 or 60-minute drama as if it were directed by Alfred Hitchcock. But they would always have big name stars, movie stars, in the radio voice roles cast against type. Like they would have Lucille Ball. They would have Jack Benny, Frank Sinatra, people playing murderers or or, or victims of a tragedy. And I loved that. It was just so cool to hear these big name stars playing something that you would never expect them to play. And, you know, this is kind of a little a little taste of that. Not to get geeky, especially since I'm not nearly as geeky as you are. But there was recently a podcast this last fall called Deadly Manners, which was a 10 part podcast of a murder mystery. uh, So serialized week after week. And it also featured uh, Kristen Bell, Clancy Brown, a number of well-known actors. So very similar. It, It was very much an old timey. Uh, sort of suspense. Awesome. But but they had a lot of production values, and you can imagine the guy with shoes on his hands next to the microphone. You're right, you know, like, the Foley he artists. He walked down the hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, well, well, maybe but, we can but link... not dorky and old. Not, not, not like totally nerdy cool. like me. Yeah, yeah but more kitschy and, and fun and modern. And really, yeah, really we, modern. Yeah. We will link to both that podcast and a couple of my favorite suspense episodes in the show notes so that people can try them both oh, out. okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great idea. Well, why don't we uh, get started here uh, talking about Chappaquiddick, and you start us off with a plot recap. I'll keep it really tight. Uh, Chappaquiddick tells the story of a tragic car accident in July 1969 caused by Senator Ted Kennedy, who drove his vehicle off of a bridge into the water and tragically killed a female family friend in the process. The drama of the story unfolds over a week in Massachusetts, intensified by the fact that Ted walked away from the accident, behaved erratically, and failed to report it in a timely fashion. It's set against the backdrop of the historic moon landing, and it gives a glimpse into the Kennedy family inner circle 
the lengths the men will go to in order to protect their legacy, and forces us all to ask ourselves, what would I have done? And that's the story of Chappaquiddick. All right. You kind of got kind of got deep there. I didn't yeah, I know. You, gonna, was, you like button hooked us a little bit. I didn't realize. <laughs> didn't know you were going to button hook me. I didn't realize <laughs> you were going to do that. Right. Right. Um, what you, did you think of the film? What was your I, initial reaction? I loved it. I loved this movie. I When I went into it, so it's a movie called Chappaquiddick. We all know a paragraph about Chappaquiddick, right? Maybe, I'm sure there's lots of people that know a lot more about this story, but I know that it happened in the summer of 1969. I know that that summer was the moon landing. It was Woodstock. It was the Manson family murders. And so, of all that was the year 1969, this story is sort of like a... You know, it's an asterisk, it's a footnote, It's a, pe- people know it happened and nobody really knows the details of it and nobody really cares to know the details of it. And that was me going into the movie. And so I didn't know, is this going to be a Ted Kennedy biopic or is it really just the story of Chappaquiddick? And it really is a story of a, a week in the man's life. Like, th- yeah. that's it. And I thought it was suspenseful and I thought it was well acted and I thought it was exciting and unnerving and disturbing and i loved all of it how about you uh well cut to i i really did enjoy the film but coming into it this is a movie that i knew almost nothing about which is as close to a rarity as we get i'm often the one sort of driving which films we're going to be watching if i'm not i'm very aware of yeah. what movies are coming out, what the movies are about, who's starring in what. Like, I just, it's a passion of mine, right? So I'm always interested. This is a movie I knew, like, a bullet point. Like, oh, Jason Clark's in it. Okay. That's about it. So I came in as cold as I think I've ever gone into a movie in the theater, and I was really impressed the whole way. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was fully engrossed. It's a really well-made movie. I'd highly recommend people check it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it sounds like we're we're on the same page. I I think that one of the things that I loved most about it is the ambiguity that is going on. You 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 almost can't tell. You know, much is made about his kind of cover up and trying to protect his political career and the family name, and there's tons of lawyers involved and political experts. But so much happens in the immediacy of the accident that you're sort of left scratching your head like, did he have a concussion? Was there something going on? You know that they kind of lie about a diagnosis of a concussion. But I am I am left wondering, like, well, what did all impact what happened in the immediate aftermath about that? There's no denying that he did a thousand things wrong and should have handled this situation way better. But I love the ambiguity of, should you root for him? Do you feel for this guy? Not in the situation, but as a person and what his life has been thus far. What about the other people in his inner circle? Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Does not such a thing exist in this movie? All of that was great to watch unfold. It's interesting. It's interesting that you had those thoughts. I, I guess I took a lot less ambiguity away from this movie. I thought it was. I, I was really impressed by how I thought blatantly the filmmakers were telling us uh, sort of their interpretation of what happened mm-hmm. and what didn't happen and what should have happened that didn't happen. Sure. And um, 
So I, I thought things were a little more squared away. I do agree with you that the movie really tries to drum up some level of sympathy and empathy for Ted Kennedy as right. a yeah. human because yeah. of his relationship with his dad, his relationship with his brothers, the the expectations that were sort of foisted upon him. But at the same time, I thought the movie fully held him culpable and really painted him as wholly responsible for this incident and accident and that he did nothing to try to rectify it that was in any way responsible until maybe middle of the day the next day when he cobbles together a half-assed um, letter, you know, or a written statement that he takes some of the responsibility. Sure. But even then he's parsing it and he's trying to make it so he's really not in trouble. But that's like the first kind of rational slash human thing he does. Um, but I would be really curious how people who tend to either align themselves with the Kennedys or who maybe would revel in a movie like this about George W. Bush or Karl Rove and all the conservative Republican machinations that people sort of believe are going on. I wonder yeah. how people would sink their teeth into this because it's pretty disgusting as the movie goes on. The level of cover-up, the level of outright lie, manipulation, and falsehoods that a whole team of people perpetrate against the American public and against the law to weasel this guy out is is staggering. And yeah. I just wonder how that land with a lot of filmgoers. Absolutely. And I think that that was the part of the movie that I enjoyed so much simply because I didn't know the story of what happened that week. I didn't know that this was a story that went away pretty much after a week. I... I knew of the incident at Chappaquiddick, but it is, but it's happening in a summer of some pretty amazing news stories. And well, of course, and the this weekend is, of the moon landing and I mean, the weekend he, of the moon. Uh, the weekend Ted of the Kennedy moon was so lucky that happened that weekend. I mean, the whole country was distracted. And, the world and, was distracted. And that's that story comes up several times in the movie. Like, oh, we're we're lucky they're going to land on the moon this weekend. This isn't even going to be. This is going to be buried on page 10 by Monday, so it really doesn't matter at this point. And there's actually an awesome shot late at night when his friends are diving into the water to see if they can recover the Mary Jo Kopechny, the family friend who had right. perished in the accident. And behind, they've got a great shot of Teddy just looking into the water, concerned, and behind him you see the moon, and you know what's going on, and, and it's just a a great juxtaposition of the kind of the lesser of the Kennedy brothers right. standing there on the bridge, looking into the water at the chaos he's created while thousands of miles away, his brother's dream is being realized as man lands on the moon. And that was, that was sort of a hair, hair standing up on your arms kind of moment in the film uh, but I, what I what I really enjoyed was watching what played out that week. I didn't know that, that right. you know he shows up at the Kennedy compound and Joe has called all of the best of the best fixers to Massachusetts to sort this <laughs> out and sort the <laughs> out they do for the next. Well, they five try days. to. Hey, what's, I did not check this beforehand. Was Clancy Brown playing Bob McNamara? Is that uh, who he was supposed to be playing? That, he looked exactly like him, but I did not check it either. In fact, I noted it and then never followed up. It looks like this guy's got to be Bob McNamara. <laughs> yeah. Because if it is, it's really interesting to get a portrait. So unfortunately, one of the things I didn't like about the movie was Clancy Brown as Bob okay. McNamara. Because <laughs> he just plays him so um, 
stereotypically Clancy Brown. Like he's just, he's kind of yelling the whole time. He's as gruff and awful and hard and taciturn as, as Clancy Brown has ever been. Yes. It's Robert McNamara. I just uh, fact checked okay. that for you. Yes. Thank you. Um, but it's interesting to get that portrayal after Bruce Greenwood's portrayal of sure. Bob McNamara in the post uh, late last year as sort of this sweater wearing, totally accessible, near academic, nice guy, good neighbor, friend to Meryl Streep's, you know, publisher of the Washington Post, like right. a real human. And so it's like we get two almost diametrically opposed portrayals of Bob McNamara. Yeah just a couple months apart. So I thought that was really interesting, although I just was sort of turned off by Clancy Brown's portrayal, but okay. real quick uh, uh, on the acting front though, I will give, I thought Jason Clark was awesome as Ted Kennedy. I think he did a great job of playing the wounded buffoonish, but trying to do well and, yeah. and meaning to do well Kennedy. And I also have to say, I think Ed Helms was terrific. I agree. He was great. He's the he's the conscience of the movie. His character is the only person throughout the whole movie who's honestly trying to do the right thing. He he gets swept up early on in the in the cover up or in trying to control the the story, but really only after the horse is out of the barn. And uh I I just think he was sort of heart-wrenching to watch and every scene he's in, I was happy to see him and thought he was really restrained and did a great job. I, I agree with you completely. I thought that he was, fan- I, I think that both of them were fantastic. You mentioned Jim, Jim Gaffigan early. He wasn't given a lot to do in the film no. um, and he's not aging well, but uh, the, the, the Ed Helms portrayal I thought was absolutely fantastic as well. Now, Jim um, Gaffigan, by the way, he walks like he either has a stick up his butt or like he's walking on hot coals yeah. and like his front pockets are full of change or something. He's really, he's got like a weird cadence that yeah. again, doesn't seem like he's, he's long for us. If there's, if there's one thing that I didn't like, I think that when we get to the point of the film where Joe Kennedy has called in all of the experts to the compound to sort out the mess i think that there are about half a dozen instances over the next 45 minutes where they're essentially talking to the camera to to quickly give us some exposition and the importance of what they're talking about that that i don't know the people that they're talking about yet i could infer from the discussion that they're i'm I'm an intelligent human being and i could infer from the discussion that they're having that Oh yeah, that would be bad. Like I know that there is one point they mentioned a New York Times reporter, and so somebody's like, "Oh, well, that's John Smith of the New York Times. He won the Pulitzer for this. We can't let him get a hold of it." And it's like, "Well, right. yeah, we we get the point. You don't need to give us the, you know, the the three sentences from Wikipedia on the person you're referring <laughs> right. to." And, right. and it, 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 they'd almost sort of look at the camera and tilt their head, and oh god, yeah, that those scenes got a little played, for sure. Um, I also was a little annoyed that the brain trust, uh, you know, seemed like all they were there to do was to react to how badly the situation was getting. And, (laughs) you know, like how like when Ted was wearing the the neck brace, you know, they all told him it was a bad idea. But then the ideas they go with all tend to be Ted's. 
and, like and right, I, right down to the televised address and absolutely. the tone of it. It's like, they're all like, great idea, Ted. And it's like, I thought you guys were the, the adults in the room who are here to fix the problem, not just agree to whatever the boob in the room is saying. And when they go well, it's a you know big back slap. You did it, Teddy. You nailed it on that one. And they're, right. they're all congratulating each other on covering up a murder, right? right I mean, like that, right. that's essentially what's going Let's, on. Right, call it what it is, for right, sure. Right, right. Uh, what's up with when they the party scene before the accident occurs this is one of those things where i'm going to gripe about the soundtrack but not in the way that you think i am oh okay uh it it seems like they're they're playing some slow 60s sort of dirge sounding music it almost sounds like the doors are playing you know got some organ and and uh it, it seems it's it's utterly undanceable music but as they're playing it you're watching kind of a slow-mo scene of people dancing at the party and i'm thinking to myself well that's not the music playing in the background it's just people dancing and they're playing some 60s themed music and then all of a sudden they need to cut the music so that teddy can give a speech and no that was the music they were dancing to and it it totally reminded me of three billboards when you couldn't understand how rockwell was bopping to the classical music that he was listening to it was the same thing like that you can't dance to this music and if you could that wouldn't be how you that were doing it so what, dancing, what right. the hell's happening here yeah it was academy so award winner sam rockwell's right. finest performance <laughs> right right that was ridiculous real quick uh since we're moving on to what's up with i do have to say that the scene where ted gets back to the hotel he is showering or taking a bath and getting dressed and we see the young lady Mary Jo Kopechny, yeah. Kopechny, um praying as she's dying. And either it's it's a moment where we're kind of shown what happened or it's just what Ted is imagining. I thought that was a nice ambiguous moment. The music there was so sad and so gorgeous. It was a terrific three or four minute sequence of him trying to kind of put himself back together. Her last moments on earth set to some of the saddest, one, most wonderful music. It was great. Which I, which really I think, eerie. I think we're supposed to believe is happening simultaneously because, like he, he left her behind, unable to rescue her, walked away from the accident, and and I don't think she died instantly. Like I don't think she drowned five minutes later. Like I think she was, she I, was suffering in the car for a few hours. Yeah, I don't know about hours, especially because that was also after his buddies jumped in and tried to to save her. You'd think if she was alive in there and their guys pounding on the car, she might pound Maybe. back or something. Yeah. But anyway, it was really a wonderful moment. Um, I, I agree. That was a that was a, a well edited scene. It was it was something. What's up with when Ted says he's going to go back to the mainland and call the police? He gets in. He just storms down the beach and gets in a rowboat. And then the next scene is the three guys on the rowboat and Ted is not rowing. <laughs> like he just said, like, I'll go. I'm going to go take care of it. He gets right. in the rowboat and waits for the two guys to show up and they have to row him to shore. Right. I laughed out loud. That was. Right. Uh, it's senatorial privilege, I guess, right. Is, right. is what happens there. Uh, what, what's up with the party when Ed Helms is trying to hit on some of the girls there? And I, I don't know. I can't remember if it was Mary Jo Kopechny or somebody else that he asked, like, why don't you come up to Boston and take it, take it a Red Sox game? And she's like, oh, geez, I don't know. And, like, isn't the answer there, like, yeah, because you probably will never need to actually do that. Like, it was, it was just the meanest letdown. Like, he's, he's inviting you to a Red Sox game. This is a cousin of the Kennedys. And you're like, uh, I don't know. You're just so f- ugly. 
Right, like, right. Just, You're not a good say, Kennedy. It was say, just that was the sequence where we learned that he's a Kennedy, but not really. Right. Say yeah. yes. You'll never need to actually make good on that promise, and right. and let him down easy for the love of God. He's a nice guy. It's like all the times I call you and like, hey, you want to do something this weekend? You're like, sure, and then we don't. <laughs> right. Totally. Right. right. Okay. I get. I it. talked to you earlier this week. Right. What's up with when when Senator Ted Kennedy comes into the room? They talk to his dad, and they call his dad Mr. Kennedy, and everyone just calls him Teddy. Yeah, I know. He's a senator. Like he, yeah. he's, I know. he's really, But he's treated like a seven-year-old kid. Yeah. And what's up with him acting like it? Throughout the movie, we see him uh, watching cartoons, throwing a football around, flying a kite. A kite, yeah. And then his stupid neck brace idea that he thinks is just going to play really well. <laughs> it's like every dumb seven-year-old kid idea that could be had. Senator Ted Kennedy has he, it in this movie. He, he did it in the in the late sixties. I, right. I I love the scene where the accident is actually discovered. It, you know, it hasn't been reported by Ted yet, but there's a father and a son going out fishing on the bridge out of the beach where the accident occurred. And I thought that it was so hilarious. What's up with like the the father and the sons go to separate sides of the bridge to fish, which seems logical. You know, where are the fish today? And the son goes. Dad, come here. And the dad, like, instantly drops his his rod and runs over to the other side of the bridge as if the kid had said, like, Mom's dead in the water. Like, it was just the most overreaction to your son saying, Hey, Dad, come here. And then later, the police show up and, and they yes. ask, is, is that the car there? Like... That's no, the car, no, is no, no, that, that that's the other f- car. Like, what do you right. think is that right. the car? We're, we're out on an island of 12 people, like, and we called and reported a car in the water. Yeah, that's the car. That's the car. I, lo- I wrote down the same question, but I loved the guy who played the police chief. I loved the actor. I loved his costumes. I loved his little scuba mask. I love how schlunky he looked. And of course, the movie, because I have such an affinity for Jaws, has a total Martha's Vineyard, yeah, uh, right, right. Amityville vibe that Correct, I was totally yes. jonesing on. But I that that police chief was was just awesome. Um, what is up with uh, Ted Kennedy's press secretary being named Dick Drain? Oh, I could didn't you have that. a worse name no, if you're you... going to be the <laughs> professional communicator? To work with the press on a daily basis. I'm Dick Drain. (laughs) It's a a great. Good God. I mean, it just sounds terrible. What's up with Ted Kennedy comparing himself to Peter from the Bible late in the movie? Like we get we get into some really esoteric. Right. Egocentric. At the end of the film. Like, oh, to have been born a Kennedy and think of yourself as highly as well. We've all made mistakes. Think of Peter. He betrayed Jesus. I'm no different than him. Like, I'm more like Jesus. I'm right there. Um, I I also, this isn't necessarily what's up with, but I just had to, I laughed out loud during those scenes where they're all, the political guys are trying to come up with lies and trying to figure out ways to get Ted out of this mess. And they're telling him and they have his doctor right there. Like you were, you had a concussion. You were in shock. You know, we'll get the doctor to to, to sign off on that. <laughs> and then Ted comes up with something or he does something and, and they're like, why'd you do that? And he's like, I was in shock. I had a concussion. And they're like, oh, shut up. Like, 
That's no excuse. It's just like they're giving him the excuse, and then he right. immediately and uses then, that excuse, and then they look at him like that's no excuse. Disparaging the excuse, yeah. yeah. I just I, loved it. You know, one other thing to point out here is that I was really fascinated by the the machinations of this, where in the world we're living in today, I mean, I, I'm not going to go all anti-Trump like I typically do, but I mean, we, we remember the campaign where he's talking about he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and still wouldn't decrease in the polls. And and look at what we've endured for 18 months with Russia and Stormy Daniels and this, that, and the other. And it is amazing to me, like, well, I mean, this is nothing new. Like, you, you get your team together. The only thing that was different about what we're watching in Chappaquiddick and what we're watching on CNN is that now we have a 24-hour news cycle and social media where normally you can't get away with that kind of thing. Back then, you could worry about what was going to be on page one and, you know, the Red Sox winning, uh, sweeping a series could take over a story like this without anybody intervening. Now you have too many people that could prevent that from happening, but God... The, the difference in time, the difference in political party, it's really all still the same. Like you, you get your fixers in a room and you take care of it. Yeah. And, and not much has changed. And the ending of the movie is pretty sobering after Ted gives his, his little spiel. And uh, of course decides that he, he doesn't, he doesn't really take responsibility, but he, he just, he puts it back on the voters as to whether or not he should resign Knowing that they're either through inertia, they, they're they not going to do anything or the people who are just in love with the Kennedys are going to come out and support him. And then it cuts to that news footage of those people being interviewed. And so many of them are like, oh, I'd totally still support him. And, oh, I definitely think he drove her off the bridge and walked away, but I would vote for him again. He's a great senator. Like, Yeah, I, great yeah, I mean, guy. It, Good it family. Was a, it was sobering. It, that yeah. was that was it was a great epilogue to the film to watch those closing credit interviews. That was... That was interesting. But it, it would be shocking to imagine something like this happening in our 24-hour news cycle today and the senator being able to walk away from it. Yeah, but remember the movie Wag the Dog with Dustin Hoffman? And, like, you could, right? I mean, you if something with Stormy Daniels comes up, you can bomb Syria. Like, I mean, it's, it, it's definitely achievable. But are you ready for five questions? Sure, let's do it. All right, five listener submitted questions. Uh, Jason Clark heavy today, so uh, let, let's get into it. Question number one: Would this movie be better without Jason Clark's face in it? Nope. Okay. Question number two: Why make this movie now? I I spent actually a lot of time after I saw the movie thinking about that. Of I, it feels really timely. It feels fresh. But it's a, what, 40-plus-year-olds, almost 50-year-old story. So right. I, I didn't have a great answer as to why it was more timely now, but it feels like it's of the moment. It, it sadly does. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, question number three. Ted Kennedy wonders during his testimony whether a curse actually did hang over all the Kennedys, given the multiple freak accidents plane crashes and assassinations the family has endured. 
Can we now acknowledge the curse actually exists, given the casting of Jason Clark in this film? Come on, listeners. He did a great job. I thought I he thought he's fantastic. He did a really fantastic. great job yeah, as Ted I, Kennedy. So I, no, I agree. And he didn't he didn't play it with an annoying Boston accent. I mean, that's a tough one to nail. Every once in a while, he and Ed Helms both did a great job. I thought. Yeah, I mean, you've either got to do a caricature or you're just really bad at it, like Kevin Costner. Uh, but I or think Mark Wahlberg's. He, Remember how bad his was, and he's from Boston. Yeah, I know. And it's like so over the top. It I thought Jason like, Clark sounded great. Yeah, 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 he did a good job. Question number four. What marketing strategy should the production company use to market this picture to millennials on Snapchat? <laughs> I don't know. I And that was, the and sadly, the other question I asked myself as I left is, who's going to see this movie and how would you promote it? Because it it is timely. It's really well done. Who is this movie for and how are you going to get anyone to go see it? I, I don't. I don't know how you market this. I don't know how you sell this. I don't see this movie making money. I saw it on a big, in a big theater, AMC theater in Dallas. Like after week one, I went to a seven o'clock show. I think there were 12 of us in there. And, and that made me sad because I left so impressed with it. I was like, this, this is great. This, this is a great movie. And uh, final, final question. Coincidentally, Jason Clark was born the day before the infamous Chappaquiddick incident. Can we really? all I didn't fact check. We don't fact check. Listener submit a question. Can we all agree the world would be a better place today had Ted Kennedy been driving newborn Jason Clark home from the hospital? Oh my gosh, listeners. Mary Jo Kopechny that fateful morning. No, Jason Clark did a a very good job. (laughs) I feel like somebody saw Terminator Genesis in which he was playing John Connor and just, that was a terrible movie and they they can't forgive him for being in that and and to those people i'd say you're probably the same people who watched reign of fire 20 years ago and that had both matthew mcconaughey and christian bale in it and they play post post apocalyptic dragon warriors who both went on to win academy awards so let's all just take a step back from the jason clark hating (laughs) He did a great job. I hope he gets nominated. Maybe like a Golden Globe out of this one. I don't know. Maybe, if maybe. If the Academy will remember it. Yeah, it this one, I mean, it, it hasn't made a ton of money. It's it's getting great reviews, but I, I think this is one that will be forgotten come Golden Globe time. Although, the Golden Globes nominated Bobby for Best Picture like they sure 10 years did. ago. They yeah, sure did. Yeah. So, yeah. Who knows? They love the Kennedy movies. Buddy, final thoughts? Everyone should give this movie a chance. I was really impressed. Really good filmmaking, really good writing, very good acting, great music, production values. It's well made. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. Agree completely. What do we got coming up next? Coming up next, we've got what is likely to be the biggest movie of the year. It is the Avengers Infinity War. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, 
Enjoy the movies.